There's an energetic bunch, isn't there? <clears throat> We're happy that uh, Wayne has consented to service this morning. I've talked to him a few times on the phone, and uh, I'm looking forward to what he's going to share. Wayne is with, uh, with CSSM, now called One Hope Canada, and he'll say more about that and explain that and his job, maybe. God bless you. Thank you. It is indeed a privilege for Judy and, and myself to be here this morning to, uh, to serve you, to share what's happening with One Hope Canada, uh, formerly CSSM Ministries. I am the field director for Manitoba and um, served uh, as pastor in, uh, in three churches uh, for 20-some-odd years and then was called to this ministry as field director of Manitoba. Served in Boisevane for almost eight years, and this is the first time that I've been able to speak in Killarney, so thank you very much for the, for the opportunity. I want to start off today by asking a simple question. What's important about your name? What is the purpose of your name? What does your name do? Why do you have a name? Gives us identity. identity. Absolutely. It identifies who we are among other people. The dictionary tells us that a name is the distinctive designation of a person or thing. A name is what separates one person or one thing from something or something else. How important is your name? I remember a time when not only did I think my name wasn't important, I actually thought I had a rather weird name. And uh, uh, if I told you my full name, you would probably laugh. In fact, you will laugh. My full name is Wayne Willie Icebrenner. There you go. You ever had that feeling that your name was weird? As I was preparing my message, uh, I was reminded of a story that I read some time ago in Reader's Digest. You know, in the 1960s, there were a lot of hippies in uh, San Francisco's Haight-Ashbury district. That area was reverted to high rent, and many uh, hippies moved down the coast to Santa Cruz. And they had children, and they got married, but they didn't always conform to the norm when it came to naming their children. And so... Um, people in the mountains around Santa Cruz got accustomed to hearing some pretty strange names for children. Uh, it was, not, uh, it was on, not unusual to have children playing frisbee with little time warp or spring fever or moonbeam or earth or love or precious or promise. And eventually all those kids ended up going to public school. Well, that's when the kindergarten teachers first met Fruit Stand. (laughs) Every fall, according to tradition, parents bravely applied name tags to their children, kissed them goodbye, and sent them on the bus to school. And that was what it was like for Fruit Stand. 
The teachers thought his name was rather odd, but uh, they tried to make the best of it. Do you want to play with the blocks, fruit stand? Would you like a snack, fruit stand? And he accepted hesitantly. And by the end of the day, his name didn't really seem much odder than Heather or Sunray. At dismissal time, the uh, teachers led the children out to the buses and teacher said, fruit stand, which is your bus? And he didn't answer. And that really wasn't strange because he had been rather silent all day and he hadn't answered them all day. And lots of kids are like that on the first day of school, right? Well, that didn't matter because the teachers had instructed the parents to write the names of their children's schools uh, or uh, bus stop on the reverse side of the name tag. And so the teacher flipped it over and there it was. Anthony. (laughs) Names are important. Historically, names have always been significant in the Bible. And uh, why is that? Well, I believe it's as we have sung. And thank you so much, uh, praise team and, and uh, Nancy, was it, that led us in the, in the music. I, I leaned over to Judy as we were singing, and I, I said, uh, you know, God's really orchestrated uh, the, the singing today because it really ties in well with the message that I'm speaking on, on names and the hope that we have in the name above all names. But names are important to God. You must remember how God gave uh, his people new names at moments of their calling. Abram became Abraham. Sarai became Sarah. Jacob became Israel, the father of a nation. Saul, the persecutor, became Paul, the missionary to the Gentiles. Simon, son of Jonah, became Peter, the rock on whose confession the early church was built. In Isaiah 43, 1-3, God told Isaiah, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. In Isaiah 43, verse 7, God says, as looking forward to that great day of gathering, God says, Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So names are important. On April the 5th, 87 years ago, a new missionary organization came into existence that was officially named the Canadian Sunday School Mission. In March of 1928, the Canadian Sunday School Mission was organized to carry the gospel to the otherwise unreached in rural western Canada. And that was done primarily by organizing and supervising Sunday schools. By May of 1928, at the first annual CSSM public meeting, it was reported that 15 new Sunday schools had been organized and the superintendents of four other Sunday schools had asked CSSM to take it over. In all, 525 children had been registered in those Sunday schools. Additionally, 252 schools across Manitoba had registered students in a Bible memory contest with over 3,378 children committed to memorizing 500 verses from the Bible. 
1929, this ministry had expanded to approximately 10,000 children from over 700 school districts. And I'm wondering if there's anyone, not, I mean, I, I see some gray hairs like myself. I'm not quite that old, but how many of you remember those Bible memorization times when you were at school? Anyone? Okay, there's a few of you. The Canadian Sunday School mission had started off as a vision of one person, J. Lloyd Hunter, and the burden of a number of others, and it had developed into a full-scale mission in just one year by God's grace. By 1950, just 23 years later, the mission had now expanded from coast to coast, and always with the primary purpose of soul-winning and Bible teaching to reach the otherwise unreached in Canada. The mission that had started by, with a vision of organizing Sunday schools by 1948 had grown to a, uh, encompass 18 camping ministries, primarily in the pro, uh, provincial province or in the prairie provinces. <coughs> Excuse me. And the camping ministry uh, became the thriving ministry of CSSM. However, while the camping ministry was increasing, Bible memorization programs were decreasing. In fact, provincial governments like Alberta in 1939 passed a law prohibiting posters from being hung in the schools. By 1945, the Bible memory contest had all but been shelved because of lack of interest and other limitations. CSSM, Canadian Sunday School Mission, has had a history of developing new ways of presenting God's word, where one door closes the mission has always attempted to go through other doors. And so as the Bible memorization program began to fizzle, the decision was made to develop Bible correspondence courses, such as the Gospel of Luke, Bible Doctrine, and Soul Winner's Guide. It might be interested to note that the complete series of correspondence courses was actually translated into Spanish by 1945, for use among Hispanic people in other parts of the world. In the late 1950s, CSSM developed the best book club. How many of you remember that? All right. Um, and the goal was to incorporate Bible reading, Bible study, and Bible memorization. And by 1962, almost 10,000 less, uh, lessons were being mailed each month to children across Canada. By the, in the mid-1950s, uh, CSSM was requested to merge with Child for Christ Crusade, which resulted in the mission developing now ministries that went beyond the rural to, um, to cities and towns. And that came as a direct result of the love of Christ motivating and driving CSSM leaders to reach otherwise unreached uh, or unchurched people in Canada. And that resulted in the planting of a number of churches across Prairie Provinces. Uh, Deloraine, uh, the E-Free Church in Deloraine, was one of those churches that was started by uh, Canadian Sunday School missionaries. I believe the, there's a church in uh, Glenboro that was a former CSSM uh, church. I don't know if there were any in Killarney. 
this was probably a churched area. Um, so the ministry of Canadian Sunday School Mission has always tried to, to go through open doors. Where God has opened doors, we have tried to um, walk through those doors. A number of years ago, um, the leadership of CSSM began discussing the name of the mission. In 1927, the name Canadian Sunday School Mission made perfect sense. That was the vehicle by which J. Lloyd Hunter and uh, others founded this ministry of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to Canadians who had least opportunity to hear of Jesus. But as as you can tell from the brief history that I've just given you, Sunday school is really not a part of what we do today. Our 65 mission points now include First Nation outreaches, church plants, and of course a variety of camps, uh, 40-some camps, all focused on reaching Canadian children and youth with the message of Jesus Christ. We were and are at a place as a mission where we needed to almost reintroduce ourselves, our purpose, to the next generation in such a way that the original heart and vision of the Canadian Sunday School mission is communicated. Our desire is that another generation would now sense God's call to reach out to Canadian children and youth across our nation and experience the same faithfulness as they step out to minister. And as I, as I look at... Uh, some of the young people here, I recognize you from your service at Turtle Mountain Bible Camp, and we, we thank you for your commitment to service at our camps. The question we were faced with is how do we communicate the call to a generation that doesn't know of the Canadian Sunday School Mission, or CSSM, which... Uh, as you have probably heard Harold say, means come single, soon married. He's going to have to find a new joke. Over the past seven years, our national board and leadership have prayerfully considered a name change. We have wrestled with a name change. There's been much thought and prayer and reflection And on January 1st of this year, we unveiled our new name, a name that captures not the how, but the why of our mission. One Hope Canada, or in French, L'Espoir de Canada, which literally translates into the hope of Canada. As our national director uh, stated not that long ago, we're firmly anchored on the same confident hope Lloyd J. Hunter had J. Lloyd Hunter had when he began the mission that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and at the same time are inspired to continue to find new ways to present Jesus, our one hope to the nation of Canada. Every morning at about 10 o'clock, we gather at the office for a time of prayer and we pray for the needs of the mission. And at one of those prayer times, our Uh, co-executive director Bev McCaskill uh, shared uh, an insight that she had been given by the Lord. And she stated that in the end, the name CSSM or Canadian Sunday School Mission 
or One Hope Canada isn't what's important. Of greater importance is the proclamation of the name of Jesus. In our text in Acts chapter 4, particularly in verse 12, we're reminded of that very fact. We're reminded that it is in the name of Jesus that we find salvation. It is the name that is above every name. As our text, or as our verse at the top of the bulletin says this morning, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. The next two verses say this, At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to share two insights, two thoughts concerning this passage with you this morning. And the first is that Jesus is a name that many reject. Allow me to remind us the setting of this text. Peter and John, the apostles, were spending time in Jerusalem after the resurrection. They had healed a cripple, uh, a beggar who had been crippled from birth. After that, many people were anxious to hear of, of uh, or to listen to Peter and John and the message of resurrection. And we're told that many heard and believed. And so they went around the city preaching more and more about this Jesus of Nazareth. And then they were put in prison because not everyone was excited to hear the message of salvation. There were many who rejected the name of Christ. We find in our text that they are now brought before the leadership, the religious leadership of that day. And they're asked to defend themselves. And as Peter stood before the ruling council, these leaders and authorities, it says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was given the words to speak and the things to say. And what does he say? Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we have done a good deed for a crippled man? Are you persecuting us because we did a good thing, healing this crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me state clearly to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Jesus reminds the leaders and the people of Israel that they were the ones that rejected Jesus. He includes in that name the title Christ, which means Messiah or anointed one. He also includes what they despised the most, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For they were ultimately under the assumption of what good could come out of Nazareth. It was Jesus, this Savior, the anointed Messiah of Nazareth, whom they crucified this. And if they didn't understand, he continues, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Jesus was the one that they rejected. 2,000 plus years later, many still reject him. Because Jesus... Just like the people of the New Testament, like people everywhere, Jesus is looked upon as one who stands for truth, and they see that as threatening. 
They look at Jesus who takes a stand on truth and want to reject what Scripture has to say. Like Peter says in his epistle, this stone, which is the cornerstone of Christianity, has become a stumbling block. In 1 Peter 2, verse 8, Peter wrote, Jesus is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. Friends, we don't like to be told that we are sinners, sinners who turn against God and reject him. And yet in our sinful nature, that's what we do. We disobey God's word. Whether we realize it or not, or don't want, or want to admit, the reality of that matter is there are many, many more who reject the name of Christ, who reject the name of Jesus, than who accept it in our society. But even though his name is rejected, it still doesn't take away the power of God's grace of salvation and our responsibility as followers of Christ to proclaim the good news of God's grace. We gather here today in this location, in this church, to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, the name that saves us from our sin and an eternity separated from God. And that leads me to my second point, and that is that Jesus is the only name which saves. Going back to chapter 3 of Acts to gain some additional context to our passage, we see Peter and John are engaged by a crippled beggar who, sits in the, who sat in the, in the temple area begging, waiting, looking for help, asking for money. And we hear what Peter said to him, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. The man got up and walked and jumped for joy. And this becomes the foundation of Peter's defense. Again, he reminds those who rejected Jesus' name that it was by that very name that this man was saved. He was completely healed by the power, the mighty power of Jesus. And Peter gives a summary statement to which there is no argument Verse 12 of our text says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. It is by Jesus alone that you and I are saved. There is no other name. His name is above every other name. There is no other way but Jesus. There is no other cornerstone but Jesus. And that's the good news that we at One Hope Canada proclaim. And we don't dare water down that message, even though the world around us may try to do it. What's in a name? There is everything in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, who is our cornerstone, the very foundation of the Christian church and our faith, means everything to us. Yes, Jesus is a name that many reject, But it is that name, Jesus, the only name which saves, the only name that gives hope to the lost and dying world. And that's the passion that drives us as a mission, sharing the good news that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, in him only. In 1927, when our mission first began, hundreds of families lived and worked in rural Canada. They would live far from churches, that could share with them the hope of Jesus Christ. They were the unchurched, 
They were the ones that had least opportunity to hear. And as a mission, we chose to go out and find them because we had a burden for those who were lost in their sin without Jesus Christ. And so God led us to gather children together in schools, in homes, and we called them Sunday schools. We taught the Bible, we shared the gospel, and ultimately entire families were reached through churches that were planted as a result of the growth that God provided. We, sent up, we set up tents and called them Bible camps, inviting those same children, and they came. They were eager to have fun and to learn more about Jesus. We made it our purpose to present the one hope we have in Christ Jesus to those Canadians with least opportunity to hear, especially children and youth. We were the Canadian Sunday School Mission. It's now 2014, and though our name has changed, our passion for the gospel and our burden for Canada has not. Not that long ago, I was preaching at a church, and I had a gentleman come up to me after church. And he said to me, "Uh, Pastor Wayne, do you really think that we need missions like CSSM? I mean, there's churches all over, good Bible-believing churches. There's good radio programs on. They can hear of Christ. Do we really need a mission like CSSM? And I looked at him, and this was a church that seated probably about 150 people in a town of about 3,500 people. And I asked him, I said, so... We have about 50 people coming to church on a regular basis. And you have about six churches in this community. So out of your 3,500 people, how many are churched? And he said, well, on a good Sunday we might have 1,000 people. That means there's 2,500 people in that community that don't hear of Christ or choose not to hear of Christ. They have opportunity, but they don't know Christ. The message hasn't changed. What has changed is our country. Canada has shrunk. City populations are outgrowing rural countrysides. Technology uh, now connects our communities. Uh, I know living in Boisevain, we had uh, many young people that they would reach a certain age and then they would leave. Our smaller communities in, in Canada are shrinking. I don't know what it's like here in Killarney, but perhaps you're uh, unlike most communities. Our country is changing. New immigrants are coming in. All those things are are changes. And sadly, more than at any other time, the remaining threads of Christ and the Bible have been plucked from the very fabric of our country. Does it surprise you that our country is now a nation that's become minimally Christian? Does it surprise you that within the borders of Canada, only about 12% of Canadians have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Within the province of Quebec, 
that 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 percentage is estimated to be between 0.5 and 1%. Does it surprise you that the chances of a Canadian child or youth hearing of the Lord Jesus Christ of the Bible anywhere outside the church are slim to none? I remember not that long ago at a camp where a, a little guy had asked a, a counselor, why do they keep swearing in chapel? And he looked at me and said, what do you mean? Well, they keep saying Jesus Christ. This little boy had only heard the name of Jesus as a swear word. Our burden for those Canadian children and youth and their families who have the least opportunity to hear of Jesus remains steadfast. Over the years, we've changed how we reach these Canadians. We continue to search for them, inviting them to our camps, our community outreaches, and churches. Last year, over 20,000 children and youth attended our camps across Canada. And over 2,000 chose to receive Jesus for the first time. Many others renewed their faith. As the director of the field director of Manitoba for One Hope Canada, I want to thank you as a congregation for your partnership with us in this vital ministry. Uh, one of our board members from Turtle Mountain Bible Camp, uh, Jamie and, and Amy, serve, uh, serve us there. And we thank you for allowing him to be a part of our ministry there. We thank you specifically for the support that you show Turtle Mountain Bible Camp and Howard and Kathy and Menno and Brenda. And we covet your prayers for our ministry in proclaiming the one hope which is found in Jesus Christ in helping dis and helping disciple believers for service in his church. Judy and I thank you for the opportunity of sharing with you this passion for the gospel and our burden for Canada that drives us as a mission. Our main name may have changed. And I know that there are some people that are saying, well, why would you change the name? It was such a good name. Yeah, it was. And we celebrate. We're building on that foundation. We pray God's blessing on you as a church as you make that name known, which is above every name, Jesus Christ. We commend you as a church for continuing to preach the word in season and out of season so that Jesus Christ may be known here in Killarney and area to his glory and his honor. Will you pray for us at One Hope Canada as we proclaim the gospel to those with least opportunity to hear, particularly children and youth, and to disciple believers for service in his church? in churches like Killarney Mennonite Church. Will you pray with us? Father, I thank you for this opportunity of sharing the passion and the burden that you have laid upon my heart, upon our hearts as a mission. Father, we pray and ask you to bless this congregation. We thank you for Pastor Danny and, and his ministry, and we, we pray for him that you would continue to bless him
Bless this congregation, Father, as they reach out to this community of Killarney. There are still many, even in this community of Killarney, who don't know you. And so, Lord, would you bless them? Would you watch over them? Would you help them to remain strong in proclaiming the name that is above every name? The name, the only name, by which we find salvation, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray, and that we ask that it be done to his honor and his glory. Amen.